What is going on, everybody? This is Drew here. I want to welcome you all to a brand new episode of Phoenix Down. This is Phoenix Down episode 101.3. And we're continuing and finishing our playthrough of Yakuza 0. The beginning of the year of the Yakuza games. Um, it was a ride. Yeah, it was a heck of a ride. Um, all of them are heck, hex of rides. So, just uh, buckle up, buckaroo. <laughs> but uh, today I have with me Matt. Hello. And so, yeah, this is there's a lot to cover. So we we technically, well, technically about it, we have five chapters here instead of the regular four. So essentially, uh, we do two chapters with Kiryu, two chapters with Majima, and then the final chapter has them combined together without actually ever crossing paths and i was surprised by that yeah me too me too yeah um which we do get a little thing at the very end i i really expected this to be they're both fighting for her but against each other yeah that's and what that, that's what i was assuming yeah. too yep but uh, it never happened uh, but we can get into it, and, I, and you're going to have to accept my apologies, everyone, because there's a lot to cover here, and I'm probably going to misremember stuff. Um, yeah, I, I also, when I got into this section, was so up from where we were in the game, I I didn't drag it out until last night, which I sometimes do. Right. I played this all over, like, Saturday into Sunday, just almost constantly. I was either playing it or thinking about it and like, oh, when can I find a little bit more time? And uh, really just pushed through. I couldn't couldn't do much else until I saw this through to the end. So what was your final play time, just out of curiosity? Uh, 30 hours and 35 minutes or so. Gotcha. Yeah, mine was about 31 hours. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So... Uh, the last thing we were doing when we switched over to Kiryu was we were traveling to go pick up Makoto. Um, we were going to go meet with Sarah, and he was hand over Makoto to Kiryu, along with Oda, uh, on behalf of the Tachibana Real Estate Company. Uh, all because, well, she is now the sole owner of the empty lot, which is what everybody is coveting over right now. So uh, when we, which, which I never, I never quite got the exact answer I wanted. I was expecting there to be more to the lot. Uh, yeah. What? What? How? How is it this integral of a linchpin? Because they keep saying, you know, the whole future of the redevelopment of this area depends on it, but how? I, I I I never quite got that. I I, I think it's it, around it. <laughs> like I mean, when you have to actually walk there, it's so far in the middle of one back alley that's off of another back alley in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. How does it really have evidence to the commercial success of of this part, this um, area? Unless they were really banking on the fact that they were going to tear everything down and rebuild everything. That's the only thing I can think of. Yeah, but even if they did that and just left that one area by itself, 
they would have lost what fifty square feet of of real estate space out of out of a whole neighborhood. I have no idea. Uh, that that's the thing that they they said it early on that it was the linchpin. They kept saying how important it was, and I kept thinking one of the reveals was going to be why it's so important. Hmm. Yeah, I don't I don't know to be honest with you. That was um. I don't think that was ever put into play. Yeah, I, I, I guess that's that's all it is. Just know that the rest of the area developed, and unless 50 square feet can also be developed. Yeah, I don't get it, but okay, I'll, I'll just leave it leave it at that level. So, um, as uh, we all know, somebody from the Tojo clan, particularly the Dojima family has been trying to get a hold of Makoto for a long time uh, by using other forces. Um, and uh, Sarah, while we are there, finally tells Kiryu, oh, it's, uh, it's somebody you're real familiar with. Um, it's one of the lieutenants who is kind of like covertly trying to the empty lot for himself to kind of behind everybody's back become the captain. Uh, and then, uh, then, uh, Shibusawa, uh, who has been kind of the silent person in this entire thing. Um, but, uh, now he's, he's finally come out because to be honest with you, uh, Kuze and, um, Awano, were the the two that were really the ones doing the heavy lifting, but now uh, Boss is uh, coming to the forefront here, and man, does he come in a pretty hardcore way? Because yeah, guns blazing. <laughs> yeah, literally. Um, so as we are driving down the highway with Makoto, um. He pulls up in a convoy of vehicles, shoots our driver in the head, <laughs> and now we have a long session of shooting gallery. Yep. Um, yep. Not quite as hard as I expected it to be. No, it wasn't difficult. It was clunky. Yeah, a little, little clunky for sure. But um, it wasn't it wasn't difficult by any means. Did you get the achievement slash trophy here? Uh, for shooting the guy with the afro. Yes, <laughs> I did not actually. Yeah, so I got that one. Wasn't actually going for it because it just popped up, and I just shot the guy and it popped up a, an achievement. Um, but uh, I did get that one. Um. And then a helicopter shows up and starts chasing us, shooting us with rockets. <laughs> a little ridiculous. But needless to say, we got to get off the road. Um, I, I think we do event. Do we make it back to Camarocho and then we hide out? Or is this before we even make it to Camarocho? Uh, I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure pretty sure we've already made it back to Camarocho. Uh, I thought we yeah, 
isn't this where we hid out in the abandoned building? Yeah. Yeah. So Yeah, uh, I think it's it's basically back. It's basically back in Camarocho. Yeah. So um uh Kiryu, uh Oda and Makoto uh kinda hide out uh to to kinda stay out of the Yakuza's crosshairs for right now. Let everything die down for about an hour or so. And um that is when uh Oda is like, Alright, I'm gonna go downstairs to make sure uh, nobody saw us or nobody's following us or anything like that. As he leaves, Makoto calls to Kiryu and is like, Hey, I I think I recognize that guy. And um she's like pretty sure he's the guy who tortured me for like a year and made me go blind. And Kiryu's like, what? You talking about Oda? <laughs> and as that's happening, Oda goes back up. So it was all a ruse, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I, and I like how that was a bit of a twist, too, where they were implying it was Tachibana himself. Yeah. Because he had the bat tattoo. So that's actually explained. Um, so uh, Oda uh, uh, has the bat tattoo. Um, on his arm, much like Tachibana does. Um, but okay, fine. Cat's out of the bag. He pulls a gun, holds it on Kiryu, and uh, holds it on Makoto too. And is like, so now that this out, I can't let you both leave here alive. Um, not only because of the information that we just learned, but because he's actually providing information to. Uh, Shibisawa. Yep. And, oh, so he's just a full-on traitor all around. But he does tell yeah. us the story. So, uh, back in China, uh, when Tachibana was running with uh, a small-time gang, originally ran by Oda, uh, Oda fought him and got the crap beat out of him, and he begged Tachibana to join and lead them. Which he agreed to, and they all got matching tattoos with the bat symbol. So I'm, I'm not sure how I really feel about Oda in the end. I mean, he's clearly a traitor. He's got a little bit of a, a sob story, I guess, but... I don't know if it's much of a sob story than it is him trying to justify doing really bad things to women. Yeah. I think he... I, I honestly... He tries to he he redeems himself as much as possible by saying, "You guys get out of here. I'll hold them off." But yeah. other and, and he than kinda, that, he, he tries guy, to like sugarcoat it and say, "Well, it was only when I was young. Like we didn't do any of this stuff after Tachibana let us." You, well, yeah, but <laughs> you're still a piece of crap, man. Yeah, but um. So yeah, he he tells the story um when they're going through uh the TV and they run ac across this um this news report talking about uh Chinese refugees moving to Japan, which is where they are now. And uh Tachibana recognizes the two people on the TV. It's Makoto or I can't remember what her name is, her Chinese name, but 
It's a sister. That's my sister, which happens to be Makoto. And that's when Oda realizes that's the girl I tortured. Yeah, that's probably it's quite the coincidence. That's <laughs> uh, yeah, that's probably not a good thing. Oh man, that's wild. You, you, your sister's on TV. Oh jeez. <laughs> yeah, now how do you? Put Unless it? he just did it to so many girls, it was bound to happen at some point. But it still seems like a coincidence. But this one wasn't this one like the special one. The one that he like did like real special stuff too. I can't remember, but yeah. So he recognizes um, the girl, uh, and um, Tachibana's like, "I've got to find her." And that was basically the start of the entire thing. So Tachibana goes to the Yakuza to see if he can find her, goes to Kazuma. Kazuma's like, well, how about this? You help me, I help you. Just so happens, I knew your grandfather. (laughs) And your grandfather owns this piece of property that uh, I uh, need to get a hold of. And, um... I can get your sister back if you get your sister signed over the, uh, the 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 deed, I guess, to to this piece of land, and that's when Tachibana Real Estate was established. So now we're all caught up, bam, right? And so we got Oda standing there with a gun, holding it on Kiryu, and uh oh, here come a bunch of dudes. <laughs> They found us. Uh, the Yakuza are here. Um, at which point, uh, Makoto shows her fangs, her little walking cane that she's been using this whole time. She unsheaths. Why is it that everybody who carries a cane in Japan <laughs> has? It's actually really a sword. <laughs> It's it's like having a camera and a phone in one device. I, right? I guess, yeah. Why why not just have both? Yeah, sword cane. So, uh, yeah, she pulls out a, a a small dagger, stabs him in the leg. He falls over. Kiryu wrestles the gun away from him, and that's when the yakuza are coming up the stairs. He realizes he's been defeated. He feels bad about what he's done. He's like, "Go to Tachibana, protect him." Protect Makoto. I'll hold him off. It's crazy everything he was going to go through just because he was in love with Tachibana. I mean, yeah, that's what he said. Yeah. He was, I mean, uh, that's what he said. But, yeah, I, I, I guess they meant in, in in all ways or just I respect him so much and I love him as a person. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't get that they were 100% explicit that it was homosexual love I that I don't know I mean yeah he said I, I love him I just I wasn't sure if that was a translation quirk or if they were subtly hinting at, at more because I mean that's it, some kind of powerful love I mean he does he does a lot of crazy things to try and keep Tachibana safe from the truth here yeah or at least hide his role in it that's true I, I'm not entirely sure uh, maybe uh, somebody who's listening could uh, show some light on that 
and once he realized that he, you know, nothing else mattered. So that that you know that's that, that's where I thought it was interesting because he was willing to do all that just to keep his relationship with Tachibana. But then, you know, when he knew he was going to die is is in my mind when it flipped and he just said, yeah, I guess now I have no need to kill or no reason to kill Makoto and, and Kiryu. Yeah. L- less so that he felt bad what he had done and more that the, his own stake in it was lessened because he just knew he was going to die at that point and could not run the he, people that were chasing him. He did ask Kiryu not to tell Tachibana about this, right? What I know he asked him is at the end, just he's like, maybe tell him that I, I, I did all this to protect him or something. Or that I, 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 I did this so that his sister could be returned to him. Right. Because I found it funny that this cutscene, Kiryu's telling Tachibana, yeah, Oda, yeah, he betrayed us. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so, uh, Kiryu leaves, um, and we see uh, Shuibasa showing up with a bunch of goons and him standing over Oda. And, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't need you anymore. And then shooting him and killing him. Uh, we have to, what? We have to do the escort mission with her a little bit. Fighting dudes off to make sure they don't get a hold of her. Yeah. And we decide to take her to uh, the... Um, so, remember a couple of weeks ago whenever we said <laughs> that the padding in this game... What a pointless detour into the, the West Park. Yeah, the pointless detour to the hobos. Why are we doing this? Well, there's a reason. We go back to it because we have no place to hide Makoto... So we take her to the the homeless, and we go back to that guy who let us stay in his his little shack, and we say, "Hey, could you please keep Makoto here until I figure something out?" And that everything comes full circle. But uh, yeah, so we're gonna leave Makoto there. Um, uh, we also uh, uh, rendezvous with uh, Nishiki. Nishiki helps us out here, and. Uh, we're basically like, we got to find Tachibana uh, and get a hold of him. Well, here's the problem. Uh, the Yakuza uh, has basically said, we got to get Tachibana now. And pretty sure they've taken him. Uh, or is this... We we don't meet back up with Tachibana. Yeah, this is where we meet up with Tachibana, and then the assassin comes in. Right. And then he gives himself up just essentially to save us. That's right. That's right. So no, we. we I'm just, I don't say deathbed, but. Right. Yeah. 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 I forgot about that. Yeah, this assassin, this Chinese assassin. What was his name? Uh. Lou Goy? Yeah, something like that. Something like that? Well, yeah, I, I, I don't know how to pronounce it. It's L-A-O and then G-U-I. Lao Goy. Lao, Lao Goy. Or Lao Gui. Gui. 
<laughs> I don't know. Sure. But uh, yeah, so this assassin shows up. So we're meeting up with Tachibana in, uh, uh, like, I guess, Little China. Yep. And um, uh, Kiryu, uh, while standing there talking, gets shot in the shoulder and in the leg, falls over in pain. Tachibana and him go and try and hide. Tachibana recognizes this dude. Oh, I see what's going on here. So, they send an assassin after us. But they need me alive. So, I'm going to go with them. And he runs out and tells him, hey, don't mess with this guy. I'll go I'll quietly. I'll <laughs> Yeah. So, he's like, yep, all right. Uh, but before that happens... Tachibana does also give out a little bit more information telling Kiryu who's kind of pulling a lot of these strings. So, uh, as far as who is setting up Kiryu for this whole murder, it's coming from inside the Yakuza. Particularly Dojima family. Um... I don't think he comes out and says who it is just yet. I think we find that out later on, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. But he did gather that information and was like, yeah, it's coming from inside the Dojima family. So you better watch your back whenever you're around any of those guys. And also, this assassin is so good. He's probably the one that, that killed the guy in the empty lot. Yeah. Yeah, he's like, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to bet whoever hired this guy also hired him to kill the guy in the empty lot. So, uh, Tachibana is taken. Kiryu is wounded. And, uh, doesn't necessarily have a place to go. Um, but he passes out. And when he, he is in the little hospital, uh, in little China. And the, um, the Chinese elder has found elder him. Elder Lee, is that his name? I think so. Uh, has found him and is like, all right, we got you bandaged up. You really need to take it easy. Also, stuff's been going down since you've been out. <laughs> yep. So uh, as it stands right now, uh, they're basically torturing the living crap out of Tachibana trying to figure out where his sister is. Makoto. So, yeah. So, Kiryu's ability, I I like that they made that token comment about, you know, you need to take it easy. And clearly he's been shot twice, including through the leg. Yep. The fact that he's able, five minutes later, gameplay-wise, just to get up and be walking down the street as if nothing happened, is one of the things that I found comically strange in this last section of the game. You want to, is the other thing you found comically strange when they very quickly rip off both their shirt and suits by grabbing it at the shoulder by grabbing not, it at the not, shoulder not even when it's open yeah throwing it yeah. into the air and also during this time there is no more bandages on Kiryu there is yep. also no more injuries or anything yeah and I'm just like and that, mm. yeah exactly so 
that part of it, I chalked up to the fact that, like, well, they also don't get mud on their shoes or on their, you know, this pristine white suit that he's walking through. Every time you walk down the street, there's puddles everywhere. And so, like, I'm like, all right, well, maybe they just chose not to render that or couldn't do it well enough. But the whole ripping off the top of your suit by grabbing it at the shoulder, that was just funny to me. Because they do it so many times. At least yeah. four or five people do it in this last section. So, Always right when you're about to get into a fight. So here's the deal, though. I don't believe the whole, oh, they probably can't render it because the game. Because in the next chapter, Majima gets the living crap beat out of him. And he has wounds on his face throughout the rest of those chapters. Yeah, yeah. But that's like the only time. I mean, so many people get beat up so hard in this game and never show it five minutes later. Uh, yeah. So, um, yeah. But yeah, he does have remarkable healing abilities. <laughs> so we get into some fights, uh, particularly uh, when uh, we meet back up with Nishiki. Uh, and Nishi fighting alongside. Which was a good, you know, I, I needed that to happen in this game for me to feel a, a sense of closure. Right. You know, given the chapter six, like the bond that they formed, given the fact that Kiryu has been pushing him away the whole game. Like, I can't get you involved. Stay out of it. I'll, I can do this by myself. I needed him to come around to like accept Nishiki's help and for them to, to fight together. So, Really, really just satisfying that that finally happened. Yeah, Nishiki shows up. And he's like, yeah, I got to get Tachibana. Um, uh, Kuze has him and is torturing him right now. And uh, Nishiki's like, well, I'm coming with you. He's like, no, no, don't. Don't come with me. You, 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 there is no good way to end this. And he's like, it doesn't matter. I'm your brother, and I'm sticking with you this time. If they throw me out, Yakuza, they throw me out. If they kill me, they kill me. I don't. I don't want to be because that you're not in. Yeah. So uh, now we're having to basically travel to find uh, Tachibana. Um. Uh, they're holding him in the basement of this place, and. As we're fighting our way there, we get a cutscene with Kuze and his men, particularly his second in command, I think. Who is his, his torturer extraordinaire? Oh my god, this is horrible, dude. Yeah. So he has a sledgehammer. He's obviously been working Tachibana hardcore. He's got gashes in his chest, still alive, and. He takes the freaking sledgehammer and slams it down on like his feet his hips and just completely crushes them. And it shows it. And I'm just like, oh my God. Yeah. It's it, always that. Uh, it just reminds me, I, I just finished reading Casino Royale. And if you've seen the movie, you know that there's the one really painful torture scene. Yes. And, you know, I was just like, man, these. These types of tortures that are like so thoroughly either disfiguring or life changing are just so painful when someone is is that helpless and tied up and cannot resist it. It's 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 
it certainly makes you squeamish, right? It's more more than I'm comfortable. Like, you can watch people get punched in the face all day long. You know, you know, especially in a game like this, they're fine five minutes later. But when you when you see something like that, it's it's crossed the line even in a game like this where you know that it, that that person could never walk again. Yeah. Really. I cr- and I cringed at the next thing. So after, after Kuze tries to stop him, yes, yeah. So Kuze is basically like you. We're not going to get anything out of him. He has he's born from this torture. It's not going to do anything. There's really only one way to get him to talk, and that's to threaten Makoto. And he's like, you you don't get it. He's telling this little lieutenant guy. And this lieutenant guy has got his head so far up his ass that yep. anything will bother him. He's like, look, I joined the Yakuza to bust heads, not to be the strategist or whatever you want to be. And Awano's like, I will fucking kill you if you don't stop right now. So they're getting ready to basically uncuff or un- uh, untie Tachibana to try a different method. And as they're doing it, Tachibana is starting to kind of like laugh. Um, basically thinking, oh, he's beat this torture. So he's just laughing about it. Kuze's lieutenant, this little, this little mousy dude, takes offense to that, takes a sledgehammer and swings it baseball bat style yeah. across his freaking temple. Yeah, I was going to say like a home run swing. Yeah. And and damn near kills him. I mean, we're we're going to talk about it in 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 5 minutes tops, but it kills him. Yep. I mean, it, he he's still barely alive when he hits him with that. A wano what he's that. Who boy. He <laughs> beats the living shit out of this guy. <laughs> At that point, we bust in. Kiryu and Nishiki show up. And we have a big fight with these guys. Uh, and we just see, like, oh, God, they, they have they have really done the number on him. So, the fight here... I didn't think was difficult at all. Yeah. Um, especially with Nishiki, because the good thing is, is that if Nishiki hits a guy, they rarely ever block, but they'll block you. And so you have somebody hitting them from behind with Nishiki and it hurts the chain. So it definitely, yeah, I spent almost all the rest of the game in beast mode slugger style. Um, so I, I yeah, they blocked a lot, but once I got a combo in, it was it, it was pretty intensely damaging. There you go. I stayed in rush and break dancing. Yeah, there was one particular. There's only one fight I found that was really challenging here, where I thought I'm like, well, I might I might die here. And oh. it was, you know, much later. Yeah, yeah, no, I died. I, yeah, I, I think I know what fight you're talking about, and I died like three times at this fight. Mm. If it's the same one we're talking about, um, 
But uh, yeah, um, we beat up Kuze, and once again, we decide not to kill this guy. Like even during the cutscene, I'm like, you like, if I'm sitting there working, and <laughs> and I'm just like, fucking kill this guy already. <laughs> of course, my wife's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I'm just like, this asshole Kuze. He has a a very strange kind of change of character right at the end as well, where he really shows his respect for Kiryu. Yeah. Which I mean, you, you, I mean, we fought him. What? This is the fifth time we fight him in the game. Yeah, and we fight him one more time. Uh, I think. Yeah, I think it's five total. So maybe it's only the last one. But yeah. But but yeah, this is where he shows you the respect, right? Because. Or is that the last fight? That's the last fight. Yeah, it's the last one. Okay. Yeah. But, um... Yeah, so we beat everybody up. We take Tachibana. And uh, we're right outside of the empty lot. So we take him to the empty lot. And we sit down. Uh, Kiryu tells uh, Nishiki, go get uh, Makoto now. He goes to get Makoto. And as we are holding Tachibana... He says a few words. Honestly, I was thinking it was going to be a lot, lot drawn out, longer drawn out. Wasn't much. Yeah. Th- this dude was essentially dead. Um, he just basically asked to, uh, to, but essentially he told Makoto I love her and that he's sorry. And, uh, he dies in Kiryu's arms. He does also. Tell you that it was Dojima pulling the strings, right? Yeah, because it was. I think it was given out by uh, uh, Kuze while they were doing it. Yeah, while they were torturing him. So yeah, Kuze basically, or not Kuze, but uh, Do- Dojima himself, uh, Shohei Dojima, was the one who ordered Kiryu to be the fall guy. And uh, as he, he he dies in Kiryu's arms. And uh, Nishiki shows up with Makoto. Makoto now it kind of like just blinds the bat, uh, reaches out to him, and notices, oh, he's he's not alive anymore. And she breaks down. And whew, man, what a horrible scene! Yeah, that's that's pretty tough, you know, from Tachibana's perspective after all he's gone through. To die, what, 10 minutes before his sister finally shows up? Yep. After, finally has the chance after all these years? After what, 12 years or something like that? Yeah. Man, that was horrible. And that is where Curious chapters end. And we take over yeah. as Majima. Yeah, not a cliffhanger, I guess, but definitely a, a powerful chapter end moment. Yeah, definitely. So taking over as uh, Majima, uh, it, this is when I realized the things that are happening are happening like half a day in between each other. So Majima, the last thing we remember Majima doing was meeting up with Sarah and was like, hey, I need Makoto. And he's like, oh, I passed him off to a Tachibana real estate guy named Kazuma Kiryu. 
And he's like, okay, so where are they at now? They went to Kamurocho. So everything that we just did with Kiryu happened like a day earlier. Yep. And then it's like one step behind them. So now Majima is in Kamurocho. And now he is uh, uh, looking for uh, Makoto as well, uh, wanting to protect her from the Yakuza. Uh, and also with uh, Sagwa, uh, still trying to pull the strings with him, uh, but uh, we're going to find out a little bit later on that somebody's actually pulling the strings for Sagwa himself. So uh, we don't exactly know where to start as we play as Majima, so we kind of have to wander the streets. Um, crap, where do we go here? You're, um, I don't know if they told you specifically to go to the champion district. Uh, but I, I know once we're there, we start to get ambushed. Yeah. And then basically they say, you know, Shimano to meet with you. So that that's when we have to go meet eyebrows. Right. That's right. Shimano is in uh is in Kamarocho. And I like that you're kind of going in there with Sagawa. Or he was already there. We passed him on the way in. I think. Uh yeah. So just kind of wait waiting outside because. Shimano was in there with what the head of the Tojo clan. Oh, I, I, I forget who he was with some super senior. Man. Yeah, I can't remember who he was in there with. I thought it was somebody that was above Dojima. It could be. You're not thinking about later on in the game at the end, right? Uh, might be. Damn, I can't remember now. Why, why am I drawing a blank at this part? Hang on. Sorry, bad radio, I know. Yakuza Zero. Here we go, chapters. Did we go meet him twice? Maybe? Me. Because I I thought this was the part where Shimano basically said, "Yeah, I I knew the whole time you wouldn't be able to kill Makamura." That's right. Uh, that's it. Majima and Sagawa meet Shimano family men, take him to meet Shimano himself. He reveals that he always knew that Majima wouldn't be able to go through with the order of murdering uh, Makoto. Yep and would instead protect her and gain her trust. Now Shimano needs Majima to use that trust between them to get her to give him the empty lot so he can use it as leverage to become the next Tojo clan chairman. And so does anyone actually want to kill her, or do they just want to woo her so that she'll sell them the lot? So, yes, there is a, there is a faction that wants to kill her. 
and it has nothing to do with the Tojo clan. <laughs> it has to do with the alliance. If you remember correctly. Hmm. The Omi Alliance wants to get the empty lot for themselves. And but don't they still need her? I, I, I think it was if she is dead or if she just disappears. Something happens. I can't remember. Yeah. It I gets guess, confusing. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I just wasn't totally sure how anyone was going to get it in a useful way if she didn't like sell it to them or if it doesn't default because yeah if she doesn't have any children any relatives then you know it won't maybe default to anyone else so uh, i guess it made total sense shimano said this because i'm like well yeah if you want the lot you need to get her to sell it to you right so this whole thing kind of seemed like an elaborate way why i don't know why they didn't just say this to start with if that's what shimano really wanted why even set up majima why not just because, I mean, if, if Majima only had to go get Makimura and bring her to Shimano before any of the rest of this happened, he would have done it in a heartbeat because he was trying to get back in – back into the Yakuza. Yeah. And if he knew he wouldn't have to kill anyone to do it, I mean, he would have gone to any length and he's certainly more than cool. So uh, I, I don't know. The, the whole thing just seems a little overly convoluted. Maybe Shimano really likes to watch Majima squirm. Yeah, maybe. I mean, he was watching when he was being tortured, right? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah that might make sense. But, uh, so, we need to find her. So, Majima uh, starts bumming around town. We know that uh, she is with a guy named Kazuma Kiryu. So, let's go find uh, uh, where he may be. First order of business, who does Kazuma Kiryu work for? Oh, well, he worked for the Kazuma family. So let's go to the Kazuma family hideout. So we go to the office there. Meet up with, um, uh, I can never remember this guy's name, uh, Kashiwagi? Kashiwagi. Yeah, Kashiwagi. Which is the first time that I really felt conflicted here, right? Because I'm like, oh, I, you know, the, the Kazuma clan is the one that I root for, right? It's Kiryu's clan. So then to also like Majima, but to have him in there fighting the Kazuma family, it's... You know, it's the first time that those two have, have really crossed paths in that way. Right. And and throughout the series, especially, Ka- Kashiwagi is a minor character in this game. He's actually a much larger character in the the next games. Uh, particularly 1 two, one and 2, and I think port, part of 3, if I remember correctly. Um, he, he's, he's not just a supporting character. He is kind of like one of the, the main guys. He's not a guy you play as, but he's one of the guys that Kiryu constantly goes back to. Yeah. This is one of the things after we're done with this. And as we take a little break and move on to the next game, what I'm most interested in is how the threads get weaved between games, because it seems like given how long the series has been going, that it would be difficult to keep a storyline running that long. So 
if I remember correctly, it's been a long time since I've games, the time frame between Yakuza 1 and Yakuza 2 is like two months. Like, it's, it's, it's legit, like, right after. Um, I think between two and three is like a year. Um, which we'll get into at the end of this game because I'll be honest with you straight up right now. I don't like how they ended this game. <laughs> um, I, I just don't. And it's because I've played the other games in the series. Um, it's, it, it, it really annoyed me how they handled the ending of this game. Mm, interesting. But, uh, yeah, so, um, yeah, so we, we beat up, uh, Kashiwagi, uh, and, uh, we figured, all right, he's friends with, uh, Nishiki. Nishiki frequents this bar called Serena. Let's go to Serena, see if we can run into Nishiki. Bust up into into Serena, ask uh, Rena the bartender. Hey, looking for a guy named Nishki. You uh, you know who that is? Just so happens Nishki sitting at the bar. He's like, <laughs> "What if I say I'm him?" He's like, "Well, I want to know where Kiryu is." And he's like, "Well, I don't have to tell you shit." <laughs> so we have a fight with Nishki. And uh, I earned another achievement here on accident. <laughs> did you? I did not. Okay. So uh, halfway through this fight, and much like with many of the boss fights in this game, um, get a quick time event. Uh, I failed the quick time event in this boss fight, which was uh, Majima gets pushed up against the bar. Rena grabs a bottle from the shelf and hits... Uh, Majima in the head with it. Now, I missed the button prompt and got hit in the head with a freaking wine bottle and an achievement popped up saying, you got hit with the wine bottle. <laughs> and I was like, okay. That's so strange. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's one of those, I can't remember what it was. Um, I can't remember what the name of it was. I, I do like the name of the, uh, the one where you go watch the, the racy video. The name of it is, I did this for the achievement. <laughs> yeah. This one was called Hitting the Bottle? Yeah, Hitting the Bottle. Yeah. More like hitting, hit by the bottle. Yeah, but... getting hit by the bottle. Uh, so we beat up Nishki. <laughs> and um, he's just trying. Uh, so after the miscommunication, uh, Majin's like, look. I'm not trying to do anything bad. I'm trying to protect Makoto. I'm wanting to find her because I know the Yakuza is trying to get her. There's a lot more than just the Yakuza trying to get her. There's other families. There's other clans trying to get her. So we we need to do something about this now. So, uh... Gosh... Where do we go after this? Yeah, th- this this was one part where it was a little bit. Uh, it was one of those things where they don't tell you what to do. Nishiki says Makamura is missing. Her last known location was Park West. Right, right. So, so I were there, nothing happened. You need to figure out where she might be. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. So she disappears after after the whole reunion with her dead brother. She basically kind of kind of loses it, and um, this is where I actually ran into a problem because I said I think I know where she might have gone, but I don't know where that is on the map. <laughs> where did you think she went? Uh, to the alley. Up to the to empty the, lot. The empty lot, yeah. Wasn't that where it ended? Wasn't that where this chapter ended? Yep. Yeah. What? Once you find it, like once you go there, that's where it ends. Yeah. Oh, you can't remember where the empty lot was on the map. <laughs> yeah, I was like, that's where I want to go, but I don't. Like, where is it? Like, th- there aren't that many things labeled. It's not labeled on the map. I guess the the short version of that. If you hold the cursor over it, it does tell you. Tell you yes, this is the empty lot. But it yep. is not highlighted on the map like the stores or nightclubs are and stuff. Yep. So, because they said like her last known location was was the West Park, so I I had gone over there and I was kind of crisscrossing back and forth, waiting for something to trigger, and then I I was like, well, I'll I'll loop around every block that I can and and keep coming back here, and then when nothing triggered, I'm like, where else might she have gone in in the city? I'm like, well, it has to be the empty lot. Yeah. So that's where we have to go. We end up going to the empty lot. Majima's looking around. And when he looks up on top of uh, the roof of one of the buildings, he sees her standing there. And at this point, I was thinking, oh, God. He's going to watch her commit suicide. (laughs) (laughs) Because she's standing at the edge of the building. And I'm like, oh, boy. Yep, nothing left to live for. Brother's gone. Yeah, yep. I, I kind of thought the same thing. So, uh, excuse me. Um, Majima runs up to the uh, to the roof and uh, calls out to her. She turns around, and something strange. It looks like she's almost focusing on him, and she's like, "I remember your voice. I know who you are." Haven't seen you in a long time. And Majima realizes she's getting her eyesight back. Yeah, but only like one stage. She can see like light and shadow, but not like who people are, what yeah. they look like. Yeah, she can't actually see details. She can see shadows, essentially. And comes up to the second, to the last, the penultimate, if you will, uh, chapter. And featuring Majima uh, starts right at the beginning of uh, uh, of this whole conversation. Uh, Makoto uh, basically said that uh, some for some reason, I guess after the trauma of seeing or seeing or feeling her brother dead, she started to get her eyesight back. Um, but uh, she is pretty hell-bent on taking out the Dojima family. She's like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to kill them all. And I want you to help me do it. Of course, Majima's like, yeah. You sure that's going to help? Why don't we get some food and think about it? Let's let's why don't we chill out for a minute? And let me lead you to to a place where we can sit down and eat some food. So, within what town, I don't actually hold her hands anymore. So I just constantly watch her fall down while I'm walking. 
Yep. And I was like, should I slow her so she doesn't fall? Is she trying to keep up with me? I'm not sure it matters. I don't think it matters either. I just kept going. Yep. She'll find her way. But, uh, yeah, we got her some food. And uh, we uh, tried to uh, convince her to uh, not go on this revenge mission. She's she's really, really not listening to much of any of it um but she does try to pretend like okay I, i'll listen to you kind of thing but hey you mind if I, you get me some more of that food it's pretty good spongy was like yeah i'll go get some to which we all know what's gonna happen here except majima majima goes and gets another thing of food and when he comes back oh look makoto's gone great where does she run off to? Well, it's actually pretty easy to figure that out. She went straight to the Dojima family. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a... Uh, oh, man. So the next part that... Uh, that I was like, man, this is this is it. Because I, I, I've been waiting on it, right? I know how Majima it really is. Goro Majima is is insane. It's a respectful business owner. Yeah, I know. No. <laughs> he is a man who will beat you to death with a crowbar. And laugh while doing it. Uh, and I was like, yep, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting on... I'm waiting on the moment... Where that happens. And sure enough, I think we just got it. So, uh, we get a cutscene with uh, Makoto meeting with the Dojima family. And I'm talking all of them. All the lieutenants are there. Uh, Dojima himself is there. And they're all sitting at this table. And they're like, so... You've come to do a deal with us. She's like, yep. I will hand over the empty lot to you. But for one simple payment. I want you to line up every single one of the lieutenants. And execute them one by one right now. And Dojima's like, hmm. Yeah, how about no? Uh... We don't really need you. Um, we can easily keep going on with this project without your permission. And, uh, yeah, I don't think we're going to go for that. And he orders his wonderful assassin to shoot her. And at this point, after we've done some fighting, of course, Majima busts in. As she is falling to the ground from a gunshot wound. And I'm like, oh, this is it. This is, this is where, this is, this is where, uh, Majima goes Super Saiyan. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it kind of is, uh, the, uh, the, all the, uh, the lieutenants and Dojima himself, they all flee. 
uh, with a into a uh, helicopter to to get away. Um, I I, I want to make sure I'm not missing anything, so I'm going to read it because there was a lot of stuff that happened here at the Dojima penthouse. Shibusawa uh, presents Makimura to Patriarch Dojima at a meeting where with Lao Gui, Kuze, and Wano are also in attendance. Dojima congratulates Shibasa for having acquired the owner of the empty lot for him and promotes him to family captain. Which family captain is like the assistant to the regional manager at this point. <laughs> uh, Makimura offers to Dojima the lot for next to nothing if he executes his three lieutenants. Much to the lieutenant's surprise, Dojima briefly considers the idea before turning Makimura down. Dojima tells Makimura that he doesn't actually need her to sell the lot to him. Uh, since the property is so small, the Kamurocho redevelopment project can go on without the Tojo clan acquiring it, as long as its owner doesn't oppose it. Just as Majima arrives at the penthouse and fights his way past Dojima's guards, Lao Gui shoots Makimura at Dojo's behest, Do- Dojima's behest, uh, before Majima can attack Dojima and his lieutenants. They all get onto a waiting helicopter and flee the scene. So, I actually summarized that pretty damn well. <laughs> Look at that. Great. Uh, so, uh, we beat a bunch of uh, Dojima guys. Uh, then he tries to uh, to resuscitate Makoto, uh, and looks like she's following in the footsteps of her brother, slowly drifting away. But lo and behold, right before that can happen, Sarah shows up, and um, he uh, takes Makoto to an underground like uh, hospital. There's tons of underground hospitals in this game. Yeah, I was going to say it must be from all the gang fighting. They need to have their own hospital system to compensate for it. That's what I'm assuming. But I'm just like, hmm, how convenient. Another underground hospital. Yeah. Uh, and, um, yeah. Uh, she is uh, going into surgery to, uh, to, I guess, get the bullet taken out. Um, and while Majima is in the uh, hospital waiting room, the doctor comes out and says, Hey, the, uh, surgery was a success, but, um, she is currently in a coma. When will she wake up? It could be an hour, could be a day, could be months. It also could be never. We're not sure just yet. And, uh, that is where the, uh, the chapter ends, I believe. And then so begins the final chapter, which is, I would say, probably one of the longest chapters in the game. And not because of the amount of running around we do, but because of just how many cutscenes there are. Yeah, there are quite a few. This is this, this last chapter is very reminiscent of Metal Gear. Yep. Some good scenes. Oh, fantastic scenes. Like I I love the final fight and just the direct contrast to both these characters. Yep. So um yeah. 
uh, the first person we take over as is Kiryu. Uh, so there's during this chapter we play as both characters. Both characters have their own ambitions and their own fights to take care of. Uh, with Kiryu trying to get to the bottom of um, basically who's trying to take over the Dojima family and Majima trying to basically get revenge on who attacked Makoto. And, and you know Shibasawa set himself up as, as the end boss by having taken on that taken on that that role of or, or or the desire to lim- eliminate anyone with ties to the Kasama clan. Yeah. So, um, let's see here. Trying to think. What was the first thing we did with, with Kiryu? You remember? Uh, we went back to the the family office. And this is where we have our final fight with Kuze? Or did we do something before that? Mm. Survive the gunshot. Is being kept in the Nico Consortium hidden headquarters. Soon after this conversation with Sarah, Kiryu hears about my family Goon's Cosmo office. Oh yeah, they're doing an all-out war. Yep, everyone, everyone who has any contact with... Like, Shibasawa wants to, like, really cement himself as the captain and, and wants to kill every Kazama supporter. Yeah. Which reminded me, I, I guess, mostly of, like, a, a a lion coming into a pride. Like, yeah, kill all the kids, kill everybody else. I'm, I'm assuming authority here. I don't want anyone left to oppose me. Yeah, pretty much. So, uh, Kiryu... Uh, along with uh, Nishiki, are going to have to um, basically rescue everybody at the Kazuma uh, headquarters. Yep. And that's where we run into Kuze. So uh, Kuze is is basically taking direct orders from Shibisawa. And uh, yeah, we're trying to eliminate everybody in the Kazuma family. Um bunch of fights here that's all it is is really fights and and traveling from one place to another doing fights uh the boss fight here is with kuze and this is the fight that will be the final fight with kuze and not because we kill him because nope this guy never dies it seems like huh. uh, but this is the fight that kuze is like you're a real yakuza it's like the 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 people who never give up are the ones who will survive this. And that's what a real Yakuza does. And he has our respect. And uh, does he tell him? Where yeah, he gets real, real at the end. Yeah. Um, and he says, if you want to find Shibasawa, you go to the, the Nikio Consortium. And he tells them all about, like, the the whole thing was, uh, you know, was a master move. The assassin never meant to kill Makoto, but only wanted to injure her so that so that Sarah would reveal himself. Right. So expose himself, basically. Yep. 
And then, and then Nishki arrives and says, "We need to go to the docks." Yeah, because that's where they move Mako. Yep, that's it. And uh, I think at that point we switch back over to Majima and do part of his stuff. Cause switch back and forth, right? Yeah, we we switch back and forth, but I, we do go through this section with all the cars and get up onto the ship. I think before we switch. That's right. That's right. Excuse me. So yeah, we um. Crazy cutscene with um, uh, basically they are the um, Sarah's guys are on this boat and uh, Shibasawa's guys are basically doing a raid on the boat uh, and they're they're running up onto it. Uh, Kiryu and Nishiki show up by themselves and they're like, "Okay, we're going to do this. Yeah, let's do it." There's a lot of guys. Yeah, I know. And uh, as we're about to uh, start the fight behind us and a bunch of vans show up, um, the, the rest of the Cosma family, they're like, yep, we got this. Yeah, you guys get on that ship. Yep. And so we have a bunch of fights leading up to the ship, and then we have a few fights on the ship. Um. There were parts in this where guys were having were holding guns at a very far distance away from other people. Yeah. And they would shoot me and stun me and I would then get shot and fall and die. And it was really annoying. Um but that's not the most annoying part of this. <laughs> Cuz I will talk to you about that. Uh but that happens later. Uh, as far as switching over to Majima. Uh, Majima, instead, is now going after uh, Dojima himself, the the leader of the Dojima family. So he goes to the Dojima headquarters. This, this was pretty badass, this section. Yeah. I mean, if... I mean, you already know he's quite capable, but for him to just walk in as fearlessly as he does and... You know, I like the whole, I'll, I'll get to you in a minute. Like that sense of dread that you could definitely feel Dojima shitting his pants. That is Goru Majima. <laughs> he has officially turned into the Goru Majima that we all know. Not officially just yet, but it is definitely bleeding out into him. He is... A determined psychopath. But, um, yeah, so Majima takes on everybody at the Dojima family headquarters. Uh, and the first big boss fight, the guy who's gonna lead in the resistance, is none other than Awano. So Awano is guarding the big man himself. And Awano. Is like, yep, I, uh, I'm all about the extortion and stuff like that and living the good life, but I actually throw down too. I thought he was going to be a little bit more soft once he once he ripped his suit off. 
No, no, he's still ripped. The thing is that for the lieutenants who their face look both heavier set and old, their bodies do not match up with their faces. Yeah, it reminds me of Tekken. No, no matter no matter how old the characters get, they're still super gen- Yeah. But um, so Majima, I had a ball playing as Majima because nobody can touch me. His stuff was so easy because the break dancing wrecks everybody. I'm sure you. Yeah, that's funny. I was gonna say. The, yeah, I was gonna say the same thing, but with Slugger style. Yeah. Like I, I, I would often just get into that routine where he he basically puts the bat up in front of him and just keeps you know he does the, the really small swings but over and over does like 10 15 20 of them. yeah and it, it kind of like pulls people into it so if you if it hits them once it basically sets them up to hit them for all, all the entire duration of, of that move and then it ends with a nice powerful kick to push them away so between that and then the home wings and you know, I I found the slug, the slugger style just to be really useful, good for crowds, good for individual bosses. So I I I didn't switch away from that unless I absolutely had to. Yeah. So I was I was all about the breaker because there, there there's so many moves that were just like like you said like twenty hits and you get a guy into a corner he's not yep. going anywhere he's taking all those hits. Yep. But uh, Abituano, and he even showed uh, a little bit of, you got guts, kid, kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, he's like, yeah, it's been a long time since I uh, I fought like this. Uh, you know, I've, I've lived the lap of luxury pretty much the past few years. Um, but uh, I think it's time for me to start acting like a real Yakuza. And at that, Dojima with his wonderful little assassin show up and Dojima's like kill him (laughs) (laughs) and so uh, Awano of all people jumps in front yeah and gets shot all to hell yeah takes a bullet and then takes like a half dozen more yeah and uh, Awano falls over dead Dojima retreats back to his office and tells uh, his assassin to take out Majima. So we have a boss fight with him. What now, do you think Dojima thought about Awano stepping in front of us to save us? Good question. Because that, that wasn't explored, but that ought to have been shocking to him because he didn't see Kuze, you know, in our little powwow where Kuze showed us all that respect. I mean, he clearly wanted to do that. And that... I mean, that's one of his top lieutenants. That should have been, you know, as bad as defecting, as bad as double, being double-crossed almost, right? I would assume. Also in this cutscene, it showed just how short yeah. he actually is. Yeah. Uh, um, little little uh, little Dojima. He's, he's a little guy. Yeah, he's just tiny. But, uh, yeah. So we got a fight with the assassin, Gui. I'll just call him Gui. 
and this fight was not hard, but Gui has some moves. Yep. Dude jumps yeah, off of like walls and stuff. His... Yeah, yeah, Vega style. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I had I didn't have an issue with him. Yeah, uh, he didn't hit me too many times, but he did get me in three of his combo. They were they, they were damaging when they hit, but they just didn't hit very often. Right. That's basically what it was for me too. But uh, then comes the probably the best cutscene in the entire game, which you kind of alluded to. So Dojima. Uh, bust down the door to, uh, or not Dojima, uh, Majima. Bust down the door to the Dojima uh, office, holding the assassin. Yeah. And periodically kneeing the assassin in the face as hard as he can, and just repeatedly doing this, and Dojima is shocked and looking at this in horror <laughs> and that's when he's like don't worry I'll do you soon enough and he is kneeing this guy in the face that's when oh look Sarah shows up Sarah's like yeah we uh which I forgot to mention, there was it was a big reveal that Sarah was still alive. Because the last episode, we were assuming that Sarah was dead because Sagawa shot him. Yep. But no, he's not dead. I, I should. I should. Those underground met. hospitals are really nice. Yeah, I know. But see, the thing is, I should I should have mentioned it earlier because I knew he wasn't dead because I've played the other games. And I know, I know <laughs> yeah. who he is and what he turns into. But, uh, um, but yeah, um, so, uh, but yeah, um, Sarah's there, and basically he tries to talk uh, Majima down. Majima's like, "I'm going to kill him, and I'm going to kill him." And he's like, "Is that what you really want to do?" Because you do this. And there's going to be a whole lot of trouble. And it's going to be more than just the Dojima family. This is going to be Tojo clan levels of problems. Though, think about the pain you're going to cause Makoto. Because Makoto is going to constantly thank you for saving her life. But also, feeling like a bunch of people's blood is inadvertently on her hands because you had to murder these guys. Yep, you're doing this for her. Yeah. And Majima thinks about it for a little while and is like, fine. What are you going to do with this guy? Which he's, he's talking about the uh, the assassin. Like, don't worry, we'll take care of him. As far as Dojima goes, he is still technically part of the family. Can't necessarily do anything about him now, but rest assured, 
he will not be going up in power because he does not have the empty lot. The empty lot has already been signed over to me. So Sarah is now the owner of the empty lot. He has done what he has planned out to be. No longer will the Dojima family become too powerful and rise to the top of the Tojo clan. And uh, Dojima is sitting there kind of all pissy. Mad about the whole thing like he's pouting. But uh, yeah. Uh, let's see here. In case I miss anything here. No. Yeah, that's ba- yeah, that's the end of this section. Yeah. And that was a pretty good section. I would have said it was a pretty good chapter, but you know, given that this is the finale, that was only a part of the chapter. Yeah. So we switch back over to Kiryu. Uh, we are still traversing this boat, trying to make it to the top. At the top, where uh, Shibasar, as well as Makoto... And Shubisawa sends out three of his, what I would assume be his top guys. This fight was the hardest fight in the game. Mm. For me, Shibisawa himself was harder. Shibisawa was a cakewalk compared to these three guys. Shibisawa's fight was the only fight where I, I had to deviate from my beast mode. You finally had to switch to rush. Yeah, because in, at least in the first part, right, the way, the way this fight, that fight structured is that, and, and it's one thing I wish the game did more of was force you to use certain styles in certain situations because, you know, it can mostly get to where it's just choose your fave. don't need to use anything else. Yeah. But in this fight, there's almost no way to use beast mode in the first phase because he's so fast. And the the major benefit of beast mode is using the items around you, like street signs and stuff, to attack. But there's nothing up there to grab. So you lose most of the benefits of beast mode. And the slowness of it is just completely dwarfed by the speed of his rush mode. Yeah. So that's the thing that attributes to this boss fight is that Shibisawa is basically the equal to Kiryu, both in combat fighting styles and in other things as well. He has, Kiryu has kind of risen to the, as far as he can go currently right now, as has Shibisawa. And Shibisawa basically announces, I'm doing all of this so I can take over. Everybody's been doing all this stuff for me, not realizing that I've been climbing to the top. Why? Because people respect the people at the top. Being at the top means everybody will listen to you. Sounds like a kid that wasn't able to share. Yeah. It's, it it felt like the, the line of 
if you remember the the movie Sin City, mm-hmm. the uh, yeah the uh, the the cop telling Bruce Willis that uh, it doesn't come from a badge or a gun, it comes from lying and lying big. <laughs> Once you got the whole damn world going on with what they know, their hearts is a lie. You got him by the balls. And that's basically what this whole thing was like. I tricked all of these people into helping me, and now I'm at the top. And now I have the respect, and there is nothing they can do about it. And then, of course. Yeah, which is funny, because I think just as likely as when you're at the top, everyone's gunning for your position. Yeah. But, uh,. He uh, he grabs his, uh, the the shoulder of his suit and throws it off, <laughs> <laughs> and reveals this giant dragon tattoo, and says, uh, "They've uh, gave me a nickname. They call me the Dragon of Dojima." There's only room for one dragon. Only room for one dragon because <laughs> we know that Kiryu, his tattoo on his back's a dragon too. It's not finished yet, but it's already outlined. So there can be only one. We must we must chop off his head, <laughs> and then have lightning strike us, <laughs> and then we absorb the power. Um, and that for all the people who were born before or after 1990 uh, is a reference to a movie called The Highlander. <laughs> <laughs> there was also a TV television show. Is it worth watching? I've not seen it. I've not seen the show. You've never seen Tyler, the TV series? Nope. It's, uh, it's okay. It's okay. I, 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 all right. I'll take that back. It's, it's okay. I don't want, I don't want it to sound like that. <laughs> um, compared to of your, nostalgic uh, TV shows, Viper? No, it's, 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 it's Citizen Kane. <laughs> it's the Citizen Kane of Viper. <laughs> oh man, Viper. <laughs> uh, okay. no, no. I mean, from what I if, I, if I can remember correctly, I, I hate that this turned into a Highlander episode, but uh, pretty sure the Highlander TV show went on for like five or six years. Hmm. It was it was kind of a long running show. Yeah, I enjoyed the I enjoyed the movie a lot, but I never saw the show. Yeah, they've they've there was multiple movies. Yeah, so, some of them not very good. Yeah, I think I petered out pretty quickly. I think I watched two of them. Yeah. And then I think that's all I saw. I mean, the first one's always the best. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, this, the TV show was okay. They did a lot of time hopping and stuff like that. Hmm. Because they're immortals, which, hey, hey, look at that. Relevant, because our next game is immortals. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, we have our big boss fight with, uh, uh, Shibisawa. Um, and it is a brutal fight. I really like the whole, uh, the, 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 I, I don't know, the, the flair of this fight. Yeah. And when they, when they clash shoulders and they're staring at each other with the exact same look on their face, they get the same tattoo, they're fighting with the exact same fighting styles, you know. I remember that punch, you know, that kind of stuff. Yep. Uh, and uh, when we finally get the upper hand, uh, Kiryu is leaning 
Shibisawa are on the railing of this boat and beating the living crap out of him. Just him in the face constantly. Uh, and man, we, we, we tear him apart. <laughs> we really do. <laughs> um, geez, I'm trying to think what else happens here. At the end, does Sarah show up or no? Yeah, how, how did we end it with Shimasawa? Oh man. You know, with with Majima it was pretty clear Sarah showed up and convinced us not to kill him. With Shimasawa, I think we just left him face up on the deck on the deck, right? Yeah, for for the police to get him. Yeah. Kirio manages to go Shibasawa into fight by mocking his power lust and after an end beats him and rescues Makimura. So that's pretty much it. He just he gets uh, Makoto and, and leaves. Yep. After that we get the basically the cutscene epilogue. Um the first one I'll go ahead and just get into with uh with Majima. So, uh, Majima returned back to his boss, uh, and, uh, just so happens he is meeting with the, is it the Omni Alliance guys? Yeah. Is that, is this, is this what we're thinking about? Yeah, it could be. I, th- I thought it was earlier than this, but yeah, I guess it must have been here. Yeah, because I think it's, um, doesn't, uh, Sarah give, Sarah gives Majima a gun and tells him to give, uh, his boss a message, right? Yep. Um, God, what was it? I am losing my mind. I did this last night. (laughs) <laughs> I do like that he walks in and it's not clear what's going to happen yeah he walks past Sagawa yeah Sagawa's sitting there and he's like I gotta meet with the boss he's like alright uh... and, it, and it, it really looks like you're maybe there to kill Shimano but then he doesn't yeah, but then he does it and says, "I'm, I'm, I'm part of the clan for life." Flips the gun around and says, "If you don't trust me, shoot me." And he's like, "All right, you're in." Grabs the gun to that him, but then turns and shoots the other guy. Yeah, kills the president of the. Who does he kill? It's the president of somebody. It's like another clan. Yeah, is is it the Omi Alliance? I think. What uh what, what's his name again? Shimano. Shimano. Uh 
Futoshi Shimano. Futoshi Shimano. Let's see here. What does he do in 1988? Let's see here. All right. Okay, so... Shimano could then leverage that trust to get her to sell the land, thus giving him the power. Shimano also revealed that he'd secretly made an alliance with the Omni Alliance, in exchange for their support in his pursuit of chairmanship, he would then turn uh, the Tojo clan into an Omni Alliance subsidiary. Later on, after Sarah obtained ownership of the empty lot and secured his position as the next chairman of the Tojo clan, Majima was tasked with killing Shimano for his attempt to clan out to the Omni Alliance. When Majima confronted Shimano about this, Shimano murdered the Omni Alliance envoy who'd arranged the alliance with him and offered Majima the captain's seat of the Shimano family if he told Sarah that he wasn't actually a traitor. Because he's wanted so desperately to get back into the Yakuza, here's his golden ticket again. Yeah, it seems like everybody knows how to manipulate him, uh, or at least Shimano does, because yeah. I guess Shimano is kind of responsible for both of these manipulations. So, uh, as far as um, let's see here, else in the in the epilogue for you, um, he. Uh, Meets up with uh, Aunt Sarah or Serena, and uh, having a drink, and he uh, he reveals his new suit that he got. <laughs> it's a gray leisure suit <laughs> with a burgundy uh, shirt, and she's like, "That looks horrible." Yeah, you can do a lot of things, but you should still let me pick out your clothes for you. <laughs> yeah, I was like, "Come on, dude, you can't, you can't be wearing that." And then uh, Kiryu's like, "I kind of like it. This is uh, this is what I'm gonna be sticking with from now on." And Matt, I'm just gonna tell you, he wears this for the rest of the game series. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. So that was a more impactful decision. I just thought it was a one-off, like only there so that. Uh, Nishiki could have the opportunity to have his funny if it really <laughs> is just the transition point to the, what he looks like for the rest of the games. I that that's, that was kind of a, a tongue-in-cheek moment of like, yeah, I think I'll wear this forever or something. He said something like the lines, like, I think I'll stick with this from now on. Yeah. And it was like, <laughs> oh, that's because he always wears that. Yeah. That's good. Um, And, of course, we see the transition uh, for Majima as well. So Majima has cut his hair. He no longer has a ponytail. He's got a, a shaved back line. Uh, what, what do you call that? Undercut? Is that what that's called? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Undercut. Shaved nape. I'm not sure. Yeah. A little bit of a... A little bit weird because it's not... It's not like really the like a modern haircut. Even though it's kind of shaved on the back, it's weirdly like shaved on the back, but like a bowl cut on top. Yeah. Uh, and he's got this uh, snakeskin leather jacket that he puts on, and he wears black leather gloves. 
and uh, it's very, very gaudy and flashy and ugly. Yep. And yeah, especially when he's been wearing basically a tux the whole game. Yeah, for the most part. And uh, <laughs> so uh, he uh, he puts it on, and uh, that is also the attire that you're getting used to for uh, Majima from now on. He wears that jacket all the time. Usually carries around a cane with him. Either a cane or an umbrella, depending. Uh, He also uses that to beat the shit out of people with. Mm. And um, he has a wild look in his eye. Uh, There is one other thing I forgot to mention. Uh, And I, I forgot to bring it up, but it is another thing that shows his transition into the modern day Majima that we all know. Um, when he was first looking for Moto and didn't have any idea where she would be. He bumps into a bunch of punks on the street and they start some shit with him and he doesn't fight back. And so they beat the living crap out of him. Uh, and then later on, after he's lost his mind a little bit, he runs back into them, and they're like, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, we remember this guy. Yeah, you you need to give us some money. And I, Also, you should bow to us when you walk by. <laughs> and uh, Majima beats the crap out of these guys. And Even in, in, in my mind, the big difference from who he was before is even the one who groveled and said, I'm sorry, you know, there was no mercy for, for that guy either. Not just the one that was picking on him, but every, all three of them. Yeah. And that is, that is Majima to a T. But I saw, sorry, I forgot to mention that. That was actually a big, important moment. But uh, Majima goes and meets up with uh, Sagwa. And uh, Sagwa was like, Hey man, you, he did a good job. This was crazy. Uh, but, uh, yeah. Um, good to see you're, uh, you're moving up in the world. You're now, um, captain of the, captain of your little clan. Or not clan, but, uh, captain of your, your family. And, uh, back in the Yakuza, I knew you were always going to do it. This guy's always slightly sarcastic. Yeah, and always a little bit slimy, I feel like. Yeah. I, there's not anyone in this game I trust less than Sagawa. Yeah. And uh, Sagawa reveals, he's like, uh, so yeah, nobody really knows this, but the whole time I was actually on the payroll for the Omni Alliance. <laughs> uh, which was why I was trying to kill Makoto and not actually get her. But actually, just take her out. But which I guess the Dojima clan was okay with. Dojima family was okay with any because if she was taken out and she couldn't oppose their plans, then they would have been fine. The the uh, I mean that was kind of like I, I would assume that was a Dojima family kind of like last resort. Yeah, distant plan B. Yeah. yeah. So um. So I was like, I guess I'll see you around. Just uh, take it easy. 
And uh, as D- Majima's leaving, uh, some men approach Sagwa, and Sagwa turns around and is like, wow, you guys caught up to me pretty quick. Uh, the Omni Alliance that shows their little badge on their lapel. And uh, it, uh, it kind of fades to black for a second, and you hear a gunshot. So... We're, uh, I'm pretty sure Sog was dead. Yeah. Killed by the Omni Alliance because of his failures. So when you say pretty sure, doesn't show up in the future game? He's dead. No. <laughs> as, as far as far as I can remember, he's dead. Yeah. Um. And the the last thing uh, that we bring up is uh, the final cutscene with uh, Majima. Well, there's the two. There's still two. Because there's the key thing where Majima, unless that's what you mean, where he meets up with Makoto. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, okay. And then there's there's the other one, the the other one that shows the 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 basically what's going on with the Tojo clan. So, uh, in fact, we'll go with that one first because the the last one I feel like is the best one. Uh, so there is the cutscene with the Tojo clan meeting up. So you've got. Uh, you got all the families there, including Dojima, who is looking like a little embarrassed idiot. Hmm. Uh, he's sitting, and the uh, the clan chairman, or the 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 what was it called again? The active or acting clan chairman. Uh, he's talking about the, basically the events that took place during this game, and was like, "Yep, yeah, so uh, we have uh, acquired." The uh, the empty lot, thanks to, uh, cha- well, not, not chairman, I guess chairman, yeah, chairman Sarah, which I, I want to be the first to uh, announce that he is now taking over as the new Tojo clan captain. So congratulations to him, to which they show uh, uh, Do- Dojima sitting over there pouting. <laughs> not, not happy about that. And uh, so we see Sarah is now the Tojo clan captain and the the uh, active uh, the active chairman of the entire uh, Tojo clan states, I don't know how much longer I'm going to be in this position. So everybody needs to be ready for that. Yeah, I, I assumed that was going to be some kind of like, I'm going to go commit suicide now. <laughs> No, no, no. They, I just, I just assume everybody's going to do that. In this game. No, they, 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 uh, they do die of old age. This man looks like he's probably in his late seventies. Yep. So, but uh, yeah, and then the final cutscene, uh, we have uh, Majima uh, walking down the street in his new attire. Everybody's looking at him like, "What the hell's up with this guy?" And uh, he sees uh, these two women being uh harassed by this guy the guy is trying to get to pose for pictures uh and uh it just so happens one of those women is makoto and uh makoto, is it makoto and the doctor i think it's the doctor it looks a lot like the doctor yeah i, I think it was but um uh, Makoto slaps the crap out of that guy and then they start a big fight the doctor runs off to get somebody and uh, 
Majima approaches him and is like, hey, uh, maybe you want to leave her alone? But he says it in the Majima way and beats the crap out of the guy. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, he's uh, observing Makoto. And uh, Makoto uh, looks him dead in the face and doesn't recognize him. And she asks him questions, but he won't answer. Won't say a word. Yep. Uh, there's a man who comes uh, and is like originally thinking that Majima is the one that has been uh, harassing her. And Majima takes him to the side and is like, look, I want to talk to you for a second. That girl over there, was she originally blind? He was like, yep, she was. I'm actually her doctor. And uh, I have actually helped her regain her sight fully. He's like, okay, good. And he's like, well, the way you've been acting, uh, especially how protective you are of her, makes me feel like you got feelings for her. Is that true? And he and he, he's kind of beating around the bush, but he's like, look, just tell me, do you love her or not? And he's like, yeah, I, I, I think I am in love with her. He's like, well, then you should probably go tell her. And so he goes off and asks her out on a little date. And they run off together. And uh, Majima just slowly walks off. She turns around and sees him kind of disappear into the crowd. And it looks like a few days later, I would assume. Um, Makoto returns to the empty lot. She uh, brings a bouquet of flowers and lays down there at was essentially Tachibana, her brother, where he died. And uh, she's talking to him, saying that there's so many people she should thank, but the one person that saved her life the most times, I don't even know what his name is. And by the time he hears a sound, and it's uh, buried in the ground there, and uh, she pulls it out and opens up this piece of fabric, and it is her watch that she gave Majima when she was hiding from the Yakuza. And that's when she realizes that Majima has been been around the entire time. And uh, that is essentially the end of the game. Mm-hmm. We roll credits. And this is where I have a problem with this game. <laughs> so there's there's one, there's one thing that I, should, I need to mention. Kiryu goes to meet with in jail. He's talking to him and like the, the visitor, you know, like the, the classic behind the glass thing using the, the telephones or whatever. Um, and uh, Kazuma is like, so heard you're actually joining the Dojima family. And Kiryu's like, yep, I decided I was going to join the uh, the Dojima family rather than going back to the Kazuma family. No offense to you. And uh, Kazuma's like, well, good, because... Uh, 
all going to work out. And uh, you know what you got to do, right? And Kiryu was like, yeah, I know what I got to do. And uh, that's 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 the last little cutscene we get, right? I'm okay with that, but yeah, the the only other tiny cutscene is when Majima and Kiryu see each other in the street, right? That very very end after the credits. Yep. And he does the the classic Majima in his crazy voice. He calls him Kiryu Chan, like that. <laughs> <laughs> He, he when he talks to Kiryu, he sounds like a crazy person. <laughs> he sounds like the Joker. Yeah. Um, but that little scene in jail with with Kiryu talking to Kazuma, his his adopted father, all that good junk. I'm okay with that, and I was okay if they ended it with that, but they didn't do that technically, because during the credits, they do like a. 1980s comedy where they they do a little summary of what happened to them in the future and I'm like why are you doing this they do it with every character and they also spoil events that happen in Yakuza 1 did you read yeah what questions do you have, Matt? Because I would like to answer them for you. Uh, none at the moment. So I guess we're going to go ahead and get into it. When they got to Kiryu, they mentioned that he goes to prison for 10 years. You remember that? Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's what happens at the very, very beginning of Yakuza 1. So it's next up chronologically, basically? Yes. So, one, the opening begins in 1995, which is about seven years after Yakuza 0. I think Kiryu's 26, 20. He goes to jail, goes to prison for 10 years. Oh, those are good years to be <laughs> to be missing. Cut to 2005, and that is where Yakuza 1 takes place. The beginning <laughs> of Yakuza 1 takes place in 95, and then 2005, Kiryu gets out of prison and is now walking the streets of Kamurocho. Things have changed, right? Yeah. Okay. I'm pretty sure they say it in the credits. But I'll go ahead and tell you. Because it happens in the first five minutes of Yaku 1. Why do you think Kiryu goes to prison for ten years? Um... Getting revenge on Dojima's. You're you're, you're good. You're, you're getting there. Breaking his father out of prison. 
<laughs> Kiryu goes to jail because he's charged with the murder of Dojima. Yep, that he did. You'll have to find out. <laughs> you will have to find out. I'm not going to go that far. But they say it in those credits. Like the, the, like what happens. And I'm just like, really? You're going to, you're going to do that to this game. In a text crawl, you're going to say what happens in the next game. When what they should have done. And what would have been the best way to do this is when the credits finished, it says seven years later. And it shows Kiryu standing over Dojima's body and then him getting arrested and going to prison. That's how they should have ended it. Because that's a cliffhanger. Yep. Been a lot more powerful. One shot, certainly. It would make people who played this game say, I gotta play the first one. I figured it would lead up into it. I I don't know why they didn't do that. Because legit, the first like two cutscenes of Yakuza 1 is all of that. And they could have easily just recreated the first couple of cutscenes of Yakuza 1 and Yakuza 0... And then be like, the end, you know? Yep. I'm like, oh man, that, that that would have been perfect. I don't know why they didn't do that. Especially when the game really liked to lean into those hangers throughout the game. Exactly. You know, why not end on another one, a big one? So. But yeah, that is it. That is it. Let me, uh, we got a couple of, so let me go ahead and off before we get into our final thoughts. It's 10 o'clock and I'm going to have to go to bed. <laughs> Let's see here. Da, 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 da. First one comes in from Dustin. Uh, it's titled, The 80s Were Horny. It says, hey guys, what a fantastic game that was. The story is definitely the highlight of it. Halfway through the fights uh, were just kind of tedious. I was skipping all of the random ones on the street. And I wasn't leveling up any styles at all. For Kiryu, I favored brawler style. And for Majima, I favored slugger style. I felt the other uh, styles either didn't output the damage I wanted or were too sluggish to pull off any sort of combo on the bosses. Uh, Playing on hard, the very first Kaze fight, uh, the Sarah fight, and the uh, Kashiwaga were probably the fights that gave me the most trouble. I really enjoyed the comic relief on the side quests, and I might have some of the better ones to do them. There's so much stuff in this game I barely touched, um, touched, and some I didn't even see, like the RC cars, or at least I assume there are in the game since I have a bunch of car parts from the my betting machines. I don't know where that you can even race them at. Uh, Kiryu and Majima are both amazing characters, some of the best gaming has to offer. After this game, I'm fully invested into the series and want to see the entirety of this saga. I get a kick out of Awano's neck crank he does. <laughs> I can't really put it into words, but I like how they portray it in this game. Uh, there were a couple of plot holes, but since I'm writing 
this last minute. They don't come to mind, so they must not have been that big of a deal. I have Odyssey installed, and I'm ready to fire it up tonight. I'm beyond excited to finally play this game. It's been on my backlog for years. So next week. Yeah, I mostly agree with that. I mean, for me, the, it was certainly story-driven. And I kind of lost interest in the fights. Again, I wish they had... I wish they had structured it more in a way where it was almost paper, rock, scissors, and you had to switch between them more frequently to achieve certain things just to keep it interesting and to, in some ways force you to use all three. Right. Because I just kind of settled into the ones I liked, and then that was that. Was that. To be honest with you, I settled into the ones I put the most points into because yep. those were the stronger ones. Yep. Uh, all right, so the next email comes in from Chad. It's titled, You Can Keep the Cute Nickname, But There Can Only Be One Dragon. <laughs> this is a howdy crew. Well, there you have it. I told you it would all make sense at the end. Every Yakuza game plays out this way. As if they just uh, use a jigsaw puzzle formula, which is kind of brilliant. You start with all the pieces scattered across the table, and almost nothing makes sense at first. About halfway through, you have your borders and corners all put together with some significant holes in the middle of the picture. By the end, everything just seems to fall in place. This Yakuza story in particular is one of my favorites in the whole series. Before moving on, I would like to quickly recap the fates of all major players. Wow. Okay. I have not read this. Wow. Uh, Makoto, alive and no longer blind, living a normal life. Tachibana, dead, tortured to death by Kuze's men under Shiwabasa's orders. Oda, dead. Executed gangland style by Shibuasa's men. Mr. Lee, dead, blown up by the Sagawa car bomb. Nishitani, dead, executed by the police on Shibuasa's payroll. Awano, dead, killed by Lao Gui when sacrificing himself to protect Majima. Sagawa, dead, executed gangland style. Gangland style by the Omni after Shimano killed the Omni Alliance president. Kuze, alive but arrested. Shiwibasa, alive but arrested. Kashiwagi, alive and still captain of the Cosma family within the Tojo clan. Nishiki, alive and still a grunt within the Cosma family of the Tojo clan. Shimano, alive and still a Tojo family subsidiary. Sarah, alive and promoted to the Tojo clan captain after taking ownership of the empty lot. Lao Gui, alive but whereabouts unknown. It wasn't clear if he was also arrested with Kuze and Shiwibasa. Shohei Dojima, alive and still a Tojo family subsidiary, albeit a slightly droll. Kazuma, alive and still pulling strings from prison. Majima, alive and underwent a paradigm shift as the character we all know and love. Kiryu, alive and rejoined the Tojo under the Dojima family instead of the Kazuma family. I would say the biggest step up, setup leading to Yakuza Kiwami is that Kiryu decides to rejoin the Tojo clan, specifically under the Dojima family. At the end, he is meeting, he has a meeting with Kazuma which states something along the lines of, you know what you have to do now. There is a specific reason why Kiryu decides to join the Dojima family instead of rejoining the Kazuma family. Matt, you'll see why. Drew, you already know why. You are correct. <laughs> Lastly, 
I want to some expectations for Lost Odyssey because I'm afraid I've built up too much. As it, I said last year, this is not the best game ever. Is it the best JRPG ever? It is, however, one of the last great classic-style turn-based RPGs made. It is 13 years old now, almost ready for high school, and although some elements of the game are now dated, it still holds up well. The two biggest drawbacks this game has is that it is low long on the tooth. Uh, it will take 66 hours to complete the main story, and the writing is inconsistent. The short stories uh, for the immortal lost memories are the highlight of this game and are extremely well written. However, the game's story can be a little weak at times in comparison to the voice acting range. I'm fantastic too, this is just plain corny. It has some significant Final Fantasy DNA embedded throughout its design, specifically remnants of Final Fantasy VI, IX, and Ten. You'll notice the biggest similarities are with Final Fantasy VI. It starts off in Uhara, or Ura, excuse me, I don't know how to pronounce that, uh, which even looks like the Empire from Final Fantasy VI, focuses on mag- Magitek concepts, and is has a seemingly corrupt advisor t- uh, to the Emperor, etc. Uh, the game adopts the skill-based system from Final Fantasy IX with accessories, and has similar pacing and overworld layout with Final Fantasy X. This is not an open-world RPG, it uses an old map with hubs that is fairly linear throughout most of the game. I want to give you a few tips before you get started in Lost Odyssey. Number one, explore your environments. There are a lot of useful and important items that you can find in pots, barrels, posters, crates, etc. Especially the almighty slot seeds. You'll want to find as many of those as you can. Exploration is also how you find most of the lost memory short stories, many of which are missing. If you you want to consider using a guide to try and find them all. Number three, you'll develop quite a roster of characters over time. Although you will likely gravitate towards a few, especially Kaim and Seth, you, you want to switch them out regularly to keep characters leveled. Like Final Fantasy games, the story will branch and force you into specific pairings at times. Great. Uh, I remember almost getting stuck years ago because I ended up with a couple of characters that were way underleveled. Also, your immortal characters will get some skills naturally from leveling up that your immortal characters can learn through the character link mechanic. Over time, you will want to develop an array of battles. Some lower level rings are necessary to build more powerful rings. More importantly, you can change rings on the fly during battle to meet your specific situation. You will want to have different rings or beast types to them up when necessary. You cannot rely on spamming attack in this game. You will need to use various combinations of skills, rings, and weapon types throughout. It is not unusual for garden variety enemies to kick your ass if you are not using your full array of abilities. So watch your guard condition. It's also known as GC. The higher your GC is, the less damage your character in the back row will take. Your GC increases the hit points of your front row characters gets higher. Use skills if necessary to keep your GC level up. However, this won't be a big concern in the early parts of the game. This is a grind-friendly game. It won't let you get your party too overpowered through grinding. Once you've reached an ideal level for the area, enemies will start giving you only 1 XP. 
So keep an eye on that and don't waste your time. This is obvious. Save often. This is one of those games that preceded autosaves and checkpoints. If you are going to try and keep this within six episodes, I suggest trying to play through to what is called the Namara Troop Camp just after the battle at Grand Staff. This is a well-designed JRPG, and I hope you all enjoy it. Till next time, Chad. Well, thank you for that email, Chad. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you both for that email, actually. Um, Not yes. having spent really any time with Final Fantasy 6, 9, or 10. Some of those comparisons are lost on me. I play a lot of those games, so I, and I have played this game to a point, but I can't remember how far I made it. I think I made it into about halfway through disc two, if I'm not mistaken. There was four discs to this game. It was a long. But uh, so, Matt, final thoughts on Yakuza Zero? Yeah, I mean, I I was eager to find out what a Yakuza game was like. I did not expect to like it half as much as I did. Uh, you know, I think the characters were fantastic. I think the, the reveals and the backstabbing and, you know, the way the story unfolds, the way it hops between the two characters, the way they have a, a bit of parody. And I just, I thought that almost everything story-wise about this game was done really, really well. Again, just far better than I expected it to be handled. The, the rest of the game, you know, I, I love that there was so much in the game that I missed in a way because had it just been story-based, there wouldn't be any incentive to go back and replay this. But I I I, I like the fact that there were two different ways to continue. It looks like you can just do a standard New Game Plus as well as just continue back into the open world to finish side missions and such. Yeah, I think so. I, I I like that. I mean, the the combat itself, yeah, it got a little repetitive at the end. Um, I would have liked, as I said, uh, them to force uh, changing up the styles a bit more, just to add some spice into it. But you know, for me, that was there to serve, you know, just as a way to to serve the story, really, just. Because if it wasn't there, this wouldn't have been anything more than a visual novel. Yeah. So what was there was engaging enough to keep me going, keep me doing it. It was satisfying in the, you know, kind of some of the the more visceral attacks where you're curb stomping people and, you know, bats to the face and home run. Home runs was a lot of good meaty fuss. Um, I, I don't know. There's... That, that, that's kind of the summary for me is I just, uh, you know, for, for me it was story first and the story was so well done that most of the other things served their role and where they were a little strong or a little weak don't have as much of an impact as just the, the way the characters and the story unfolded. Yeah. So there you go. I, uh, I've played one, two, three, and four. Uh, this first time playing Zero, and it's been a long time since I played some of those games, but this is probably my favorite one so far. Um, the the combat, the combat's boring. It really is. I'm not gonna beat around the bush about it. Yeah, I I don't like the combat. 
which is the reason why I really want to play like a dragon. Yep. I, d- I actively disliked the combat, but I, it, it, it just kind of stayed at that level of it's boring, but at least it, at least it's not making me angry. Yeah, I, I never really got frustrated with the combat. It was just like, oh, God, i got to do this and this. It was the exact same combos over and over yep. again. The The yep. only thing I, I liked... I liked playing as Majima more than Kiryu because the Kiryu, his combos just suck. It's just, it's boring. There's yep. no deviation. Punch, 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 hard punch, knock them down. Wait for them to get back up. Punch, 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 hard punch, do it again. Or hard kick. You know, uh, with Majima, you could change up depending on how many times you hit the attack button kind of thing. So it was... It's like I just don't like the combat. The story, top notch. I mean, man, it just like it. It just kept going. Never pulled punches. Like, like, like watching, watching Tachibana get tortured. That like that was a hardcore cutscene. Yeah. Like seeing him get hit in the friggin' head with a sledgehammer. I was just like, oh my god, this is horrible. Yeah, this hit a number of different emotions strongly. Yeah. So like the end of chapter six with Nishiki and Kiryu. I mean that that's a powerful cutscene. That scene you just mentioned with Tachibana, that's a powerful cutscene. Um, you know, even some of the fights, I mean you, you get you get that begrudging respect. You, you mean you get a lot of key emotions that are done really well in this game at various points throughout it. Yeah, absolutely. And for a game that probably takes place in the span of maybe a week, it seems like. Um it's uh, it's impressive. I yeah. I, it's, I think this is a past game, and and I'm so glad that we did it. Yeah, me too. So I'm I'm, I'm afraid that the, we've it's already peaked, and that no other Yakuza game is gonna is gonna feel as good, and it's all gonna be downhill. <sighs> because I, are there other character arcs as good as as Majima's in this? I because I you know if I had to pick. I think clearly for me, Majima was the more interesting character. I mean, not not even close, really. I mean, I liked them both, for sure. But Majima, I feel like, went through more before the game and and really, like, had the most character growth throughout the game. Yeah. Had the most taken away from him, suffered the most. This this I mean, story, this story, like, when I, when, when I saw the ending to Kiryu and when I saw the ending to Majima... I feel like this game is more for Majima, and I feel yep. like it is telling the rise and fall of Goro Majima. Yeah, it's like Majima's origin story. Yeah, this this really it feels, feels like. like th- I mean, it sure is. It's Kiryu's as well, but Kiryu was already kind of established, especially if you've played the the the, the games that came before it. Um, and 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 Kiryu is the main character. And and yep. and you are pretty much only going to play as Kiryu throughout this series. Um, there's a couple of games where you like I, don't know, I think four you start as somebody else, um, but you eventually come back to Kiryu. Um, but you there is no more of this as far as I know there is no more of this cross. You know, do two chapters as one guy and two chapters as another. Okay, this this is the only one that does that. Uh, Majima is a major player in some aspects, and then in some aspects, he is kind of like a side guy. Yeah. Um, but he is—he's always there. 
kind of thing. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, I think that's one of the things I really loved about this game was just showing Majima and his change and just how, yep. how he became the man that we know. Especially when the story is ostensibly used to start, right? It's all about what he did in the beginning, how he was framed for murder, and then his quest to redeem himself. That's ostensibly the story of the game, but realistically it's Majima that goes through more character growth, and I think he just kind of steals the show. Yeah. Which is kind of what he does in all the other games. <laughs> he steals the show. He yeah. is he is the guy, you know. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm excited to to jump into this entire series after this. the The only thing I I dread is the combat. The combat uh, does. The, in fact, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, we're both going to be playing Kiwami. I'm I'm pretty sure they they use the switching of the styles from Zero into Kiwami. The original Yakuza didn't have that. You could learn new abilities. But you couldn't like switch styles and switch the way you play. So it was even more repetitive. It was even more repetitive. Yeah, I think even two had that way too. But I think in Kiwami One and in Kiwami Two, they've they've at least upgraded some of that stuff. Um, but we'll see. It's, it's interesting the amount of love again, not not knowing anything about the series beyond the game we just played. That they've given it so much love recently, remaking the games, repackaging the collections, making them available on modern consoles. You know, sounds like they they found a lot of success uh, with Game Pass. Oh yeah. So like all these things together, it, for being what might be considered like an old series, it, it it's got you know it, it, they're still coming out with new games. They've done so much work here to modernize the old games and keep them relevant. That. You know, and then the or, an origin game like this. I mean, it, it's a lot of love to give to a series like this. Yeah, I mean, you're looking at at uh, Yakuza One is coming on 20 years old at this point. Yeah, which I, is crazy. Collectively, it's it's more love than than most series get. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited for that. But uh, our next game will be Lost Odyssey, though. We're going to be, that's kind of like the thing we're going to do. We're going to do a Yakuza game, then a game, then a Yakuza game. I feel like that would be the best split it up. Yep. But, uh, yeah, that's going to be it for us. I appreciate everybody listening and, and, and playing along with us and, and sharing your, your thoughts and this entire series. And, uh, and I love the emails. Yeah, thank you so much for the emails. And send emails for Lost Odyssey. I know there's people playing along with us. I want those emails. Uh, but if you would like to send us an email, it's drew at ztgd.com. Uh, you can follow us all on Twitter. I am at Drew Leachman. That's at R-E-M-G-S. And the podcast itself is at ZTGD Phoenix Down. But, uh, yeah, that's going to be it for us. We are going to get out of here. Um, Matt, you can record next week? Yes. Okay. So uh would not be able to record the week after next, correct? Correct. Okay. So what we'll probably do is we'll do the first part of Lost Odyssey, and then I will do a intermission show. Um, I think I'm going to try to recruit Anthony to join on an intermission show, and it's going to be not about video games. We're going to talk about <laughs> we're going to talk about uh, weird stuff on the internet. Uh, we brought it up on the N4G radio this past week, and I think that would be a perfect uh, intermission show. So I think that's what we're going to do. 
Um, but yeah, we're going to get out of here. It's, it's almost 1030. I got to get up at 4 a.m. So we're going to have to get out of here until next time. I am Drew. And I'm Matt. And we're gone. Hope you guys have a great week. And we will be back next week with the beginning of Lost Odyssey.